Welcome to Penn Podcast with your co-host Nico Pengen of Penn for Hire NYC. Today we are joined by A.R. Mirabal. Thank you so much for joining us today. I love that pronunciation. You got it 100% right. No, yeah, uh, yeah. I saw you were Dominican, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't sure. realize that Penn for Hire was uh, based in NYC. You know, shout out. That's dope. I lived out there for a little bit when I was younger. Oh, so where are you calling from? Well, right now, I'm actually not too far from Boston. That's where I went to college. It's where I've been posted up for a bit. But I've moved around a lot in life. No, I was in the military. I guess my mom just liked different vantage points from time to time, I guess. Uh, was she Dominican? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're all Dominican. Yeah, Dominicans are nomads by nature. Oh, nomadic. Yeah, just following different herds around. But my, this herd just means like a better job, which I get the hustle. Yes, yes, um, yes. Yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. At the time, I didn't like it, but it's one of those things that I definitely wouldn't go back on ever. And it just gives you a lot of perspective. As a writer, that's one of the best things you can ever develop, honestly. Oh, I was going to say, so you wouldn't want to go through that. So do you think that it didn't push you to be a writer? Or because of those situations, you're like, dang, I got to write about this. Or these these situations inspired my writing. I'm going to go like crazy meta for a second. Like, uh, have you ever played like, uh, like a video game where you're designing a character? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Any video yeah, game yeah. that you design a character. RPGs, yeah. Exactly. MMOs, things like that. So when you're creating yeah. the character, you you like, you know, you make the stats like the charisma, you yeah, know, yeah, athlete, yeah, yeah. whatever All it those is. Attributes, yeah. mm-hmm. I truly believe that like humans, like when they're born in like the womb, those things are just RNG. You know, like all those like mm. are just like set and then we mm-hmm, pop mm-hmm. up with a certain thing. I truly believe that people that are writers were kind of that at least born with um if not the talent, the desire to write. And I think the desire for something like pushes is what pushes you. Know what I mean? If Michael Jordan didn't like basketball, would he have been where he was? Like if he was that fire but just didn't like it, would he have been Michael Jordan that we know? Or would he have been like a really, really aggressive accountant? Know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like those are things that are just up in the air. So to me, I think the whole writing aspect was something that I just was kind of developed, you know, like mm-hmm. reading or just that was already in me. But I think the moving around is what gave me perspective. The idea that, you know, every time that you move around, people in that area say, say that that area is like dope and the other ones surrounding it suck. But then right. when you talk to them, like, you know, on a one-to-one level, you become friends with those people in like, that new area. They're always like, oh, man, this place sucks. Nothing yeah, to do. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, but that's everywhere. You move to L.A., they're, they're saying the same thing. Like, right. that's everywhere. So when you're understanding those things, that the idea that the grass really rarely is greener on the other side and that just, like, what takes a human to those places, mm-hmm. I think that's what inspires me as far as, like, I think that's what moving around gave to me anyway. I mean, because I was thinking that one of the reasons that it inspired you was because you're a sci-fi. And so if you didn't like any of the places that you were, it's like, well, I got to go to outer space because none of the places down here are, are for me. Damn. That's what I was thinking. That's that's what I was thinking. <laughs> you know, we can even take this a little bit deeper. We can make this a whole therapy thing. I'll lay down. I got a couch. But because um, I just thought you immediately thinking it was like, well, if I can be 100 percent honest when I because I was born in the Dominican Republic. Mm-hmm when the whole space thing became like i remember the first time it like really hit my mind is when i'm when we had just came to miami just having left dr dominican republic 
Mm-hmm. And when I wanted to leave, I mean, coming to America was jarring. It's hilarious writing English now because when I first learned English, it felt like dirty. Like I liked my tongue. Know what I mean? I spoke right, Spanish. Right, right, I was born right. Spanish. I didn't like speaking English. I didn't. And then, you know, just over time, it grows on you and the culture grows on you. And like I 100% am like in this country. When I go to other places, people don't go like, oh, you're Dominican, right? It's like, oh, American. It's like, yeah, all right, I'll take it. But I think really that's when the NASA thing hit. When I went to Miami, that was the first time that I asked my mom to get me like a little NASA set. And I remember like she got like a shitty one from dollar dollar store or whatever. But that was, I loved it. That that was alone just blew my mind away. And then, you know, you add in Buzz Lightyear from Toy Story. Uh, yeah, yeah. The hits just kept on going. And then you start reading, you start like reading into you know, Percy Jackson, was, which isn't necessarily sci-fi, but it's more like, you know, historically bound, which I love history too. Right, and, right, right. And, fiction. Yeah, then you add in all those things, like later on, Asimov, when you get a little bit older, Philip K. Dick. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And that really is what just brought me to, if you ask me, like what brought me into sci-fi, just getting consumed by it. You know, like, I guess it was that, just escapism, just being able to like go back and really just start thinking about like, Man, imagine if this thing happened and how right. would people react to like uh, this crazy thing happening? I think that's what the heart of sci-fi is why I love it so much. Were there were there particular stories, books, movies or just movements, culture shifts, shows that got you to actually not just see the sci-fi, but also take it for yourself and be like, "Man, this was amazing, but I would have done it this and this and this because I know there, might, there must have been something that was a catalyst that just you were just like, man, that's that's good. But I know I could do a little bit better. All right. Well, the inspiration for Star uh, Backwards, the inspiration for my book, Allegory of the End. Well, I can't say the inspiration because I am spot like there's like no, one, one of one of the one. of Yeah, things. one. Because I'm telling you, it's thousands of things that brought together. But one of the things that I remember just started getting my brain churning was right in my the summer following my freshman year of college mm-hmm. going to school for engineering so it was the first time that i was like around like fellow nerds even with how much i moved around you know how it is there's like you know like yeah. two or three kin kindreds in the crowd and like it's very hard to even find them because of just clicks and whatnot right yeah 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 so i finally got to college i'm like around with my nerds and like uh they finally start talking me about Star Wars. exactly and starboards i mean like that you know, I didn't grow up in, in those type of neighborhoods that Star Wars be the conversation, like would be in the conversation. I had never watched it, so I finally get to college, and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna st- I'm gonna watch Star Wars. I never heard mm-hmm. about it. Then I literally binged the six movies within a, a couple days, and I remember when I finished Respect. it, I was like, all right, I was like, all right, that's a dope story, but I like imagine if you took like the idea of like Vader and the whole like Anakin thing, if like you layered them on top of one another instead of mm-hmm. splitting it up. Because when you do something like that with a prequel, then people just assume that's like a retcon thing. But what if right from the beginning, you get you gave this idea of like, you know, introducing Vader and then scene two was a flashback when they're talking about Anakin. Like, how would that, you know, from a reading standpoint, not even a, a writing one, mm-hmm. that would, uh, to me, I felt like that would give a writer a different like point of view, a reader, a different point of view, a different, way of interpreting because instead of just automatically you know black white is this way you know good and bad everything is like that you immediately get an idea of like oh everything is gray and then i think that in itself is gives great leeway into perspective because the entire book is split up between two characters and very 
meticulously put in a way that point of view is made from one character doesn't look the same from another. So when you read one chapter, it could get point you in a different light, but when you read the next one, then it's a completely different vantage point. And it even goes further because I plotted everything to be almost the Marvel universe where everything is kind of spawned out and connected mm-hmm. to one another. So even when mm-hmm. you read a sequel, a, a spinoff, even things like that, like th- those little lingering questions that like weren't answered in like, you know, volume one or volume two will be answered in this continuing saga of the Death of Order series. Dang. So you really did take that inspiration from a whole bunch of different sci-fis and space operas. Yeah. I mean, the, like, uh, I always found space operas were funny, like, the, like that term. I understand it for Star Wars because like, the way that they talked was like an opera. It was very, like very drawn out prose and like speaking in a certain way which if i can be honest is one thing that i actually as far as like seeing something and being like oh i can be a little different Mm -hmm. one of the things i always grew up on noticing in in writing you know especially when you get to like sci-fi specifically sci-fi i don't know why they always do it like this maybe it's because the person that was like writing it was so like of high intellect that they they couldn't like dumb themselves down but even like when they would have a conversation between like you know, two 13-year-olds, the 13-year-old will be like, oh, yes, I inquire that such a, a fate could fall upon us and the stars are falling. It's like, all right, when has 13-year-olds ever talked like that? You read Ender's Game. You, I mean, I guess that's not a great example because they were, like, <laughs> raised to be crazy smart at that age. But yeah, like, They were, like, IQ of 200. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the point is that, like, it yeah, never felt like a conversation. doesn't speak like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but even though when they were between adults, you know, you – we all live in the world, you know, not everyone is mm. talking like that unless you're a scientist and you're in the lab. And I'm talking to scientists that talk like, you know, we're all normal. Yeah, yeah, We're all normal. You know what I mean? So one thing that I strive for was to actually have language and that type of just familiarity between like friends and camaraderie be a little more, I guess, in line with what we're used to, as opposed to like what I've always seen in the books that I read as a kid. And, and mm. a, a, also the thing of like, you know, culture. I know in my book, I very specifically like designed it that I didn't want to have an idea of like darker skin or lighter skin. So I, the way that I envisioned it, I actually got inspired from like this one picture that became like really popular in like five, six years ago. It was like of like what humans would be in like a hundred years that like, you know, mm-hmm. like when all races, races mixed mix together yeah, and like, yeah, you know, yeah. the like, melting pot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I love that idea. So I was like, all right, imagine a future that we're already at that level. There's no idea of like, exactly. There's no, there's nothing like that. Racism is like, I mean, how can you have racism? There's no like, you know, you can't look at your skin and be like, oh, hey, there's nothing. Like we're all, it's all the same thing. It's all like a melting pot. So Mm -hmm. when you take away that, what else would divide us? Because you know, that's a human, that's human nature, right? So like when you take away that, what other things would come up and creep up that would still find a way to divide us, if any? You know, is is the idea of utopia like true? If we had all mm. the things ever, would we be happy? Hmm, some deep questions. Yeah, that's why I love sci-fi, honestly. <laughs> are those the are those the underlying themes of the story, or those are just some of the additional inspirations for the story? Oh no, I mean all the like I would say that the one thing that I stayed true in is like that heavy symbolism, that heavy underlying thread that when you're just reading it because i i love comedy too i don't know if you can like pick it up for my personality but the, the writing is as light as it can i try to make it be i obviously there are the mm-hmm. philosophical bits where they like philosophize about the universe but i try to keep that at, at a minimum especially right, after right. editing 
you know, if you read the book before that, you would have thought it was like a term paper, but after <laughs> editing and like kind of like breaking it down, be like, all right, you know, you don't have to like philosophize for four paragraphs, two sentences written correctly can convey the same idea if you just put it in a certain way that the reader picks up on the rest. Know what I mean? So I just did that for the most and like, you know, just made it action packed and like, you know, the story moving along, but there definitely are those little threads that if you were to pick at them and start like putting everything to in, into heavy consideration, it's insane. I mean, I went so deep into it that even like the coloring of the book, black and white, is like serves a purpose. The whole yin and yang of things. And I gotta say, that cover is so like wow. It took a lot to get to that to that level. I have no shame in saying that. I think we I went through four or five different covers and spent, you know, just money that only me and the irs need to know know what i mean right, right. <laughs> just way too much i can tell you very confidently that a good 95 percent of it went to waste i didn't even use any of them for, for promotion wise but when i finally got that one it just felt like everything that i wanted it to be even to the point you know spoiler alert one of like the things that happened very like, it's prelude i mean there's, it's not even a spoiler at all it's literally in the book blur the synopsis of the book mm -hmm, mm -hmm they end up in a black hole the characters end up in a black hole how that's up to you you know that's the whole thing of like the book buy the book by the way but um let them know where they can find it well amazon you know my website neotino.net but for the most part like outside of that i'll definitely like get into all the promotions in, in like a second it was just the idea of like if you look at it well, I don't know if you get like if you have it up. I'm, I'm actually referring to the picture that's like right here. Yeah, that stick figure concept, yeah. like it's so yeah. good. And what like, it is, if you, if you see through it, space, what it is actually is like um. So if you notice, you see how the person at the bottom is like cut in half, mm -hmm, and it's, mm -hmm. like, it's like it's actually real instead of being like in numbers how it is. Yeah, when I first saw it, I was like, is that done correctly, or am I looking at this the wrong way? Like what? No, so like that line actually represents the black hole. So you know he's falling into it. And that is the singularity right there. Yeah, and even like the whole oh. thing that like the that like the actual background itself, the black is actually just uh, numbers. It's ones and zeros, binary. Even that's oh my goodness, what? Are you kidding me? No, it's binary. So that's like the whole point of it. So the universe. Oh binary, my gosh! I just had to zoom in. Wow. It's binary, but when it crosses the threshold, it becomes solid. So you know what does that mean? Wow, that's wow. I didn't see those small little intricacies, even though you sent the large image directly to us. I didn't see the ones and zeros like, wow, because now I'm looking at the space particles. Those are also ones and zeros. Yeah. And even like the even the stars are actually just ones. Thank you for listening to the penpodcast.com produced by Pen for Hire. Have you always wanted to write a book, but just can't seem to find the time? Do you have an amazing story to tell? but don't enjoy writing? At Pen for Hire, we specialize in extracting the words from your head and turning them into compelling written content. And we do it in your voice. So not only does the story get told, but no one will ever know you didn't do the writing. Visit our website at www.penforhirenyc.com to find out more today. And now back to the interview. Wow, it's like almost some, some sort of a matrix code. Yeah, yeah, definitely. A Matrix is definitely another inspiration. I mean, Matrix is, ah, it's one of those like things that 
I don't think any sci-fi from here on out will never not be compared to either Star Wars or Matrix. I mean, there it's just it's everything that you want sci-fi to be. A little a little religion aspect, a little faith aspect, a little like mysteries of what the universe is at larger, mixed in with like crazy action scenes. I mean, it's it's what dreams are made of, honestly. And now this is based off of a some sort of a cosmic game of chess. Yeah, and uh, in a way, yes. Definitely. Because it's two teenagers that are pretty much engaging in or are they're caught in a game of chess. Yeah, I specifically worded like that because it's definitely something that they're caught up into. It's, um, there's a line, again, not, not that crazy, I'm a spoiler, that when they first meet each other as children, because the book is divided, again, the whole idea of perspective. It's when they're younger, they're, they just met and they think that, you know, they just found like one of their best friends and you know they go through trauma traumatic events very mm -hmm. quickly after meeting one another which as you know nothing bonds quicker than trauma so they become very cl close very quickly and then the other half of the book is them 20 years later in their 30s and they are very much at odds with one another so it's the whole question of what has happened to take them from this height this level how has zeko risen to such power how has Jid not done that at all? Like what has happened to Jid entirely? How he had, how he's not grown out of like those fears that he has as a child. It's just all those things brought together. And when they meet each other as a, as a, as a child, I specifically remember there is a line that Jid says, he was like, Oh, it's like, Oh man, I don't know why, but there is just something about it. Like I've met him before. Hmm. Like he, it's one of those things that I, I I think it like hits because I can't I can't count the number of times that I felt like that when I've met a person that we, I just vibe with very quickly and I was like oh this maybe this is a thing like it goes like you know maybe this is like ethereal you know maybe it goes secular maybe it goes like a little bit further than what we can just like comprehend just immediately with the limitations that we have of just being human right there's obviously a thousand of things that we can't like interpret in our universe yet but for now this is what we got. Wait, so you're uh, saying in, in the book you describe or you explain why people have that kind of like, oh, I know you, or I think I know you. I just don't know why I know you. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Ooh. Definitely get into that. Yeah. Oh, because well, it's, it, riddled, it's riddled with conspiracies I see here. Yeah, you see, that's that's definitely one of the things that I like. Uh, I love conspiracies, not in the idea of believing in them, but mm -hmm. in the idea of just like, man, that's what if? Yeah, like, yeah, what like, if? like what if like what if that's great lizards running the government all right i'm with you i'm with you i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go to anything yeah, not, you're not gonna catch me in any place writing about anything but we can talk about it in close quarters <laughs> <laughs> no i did want i no did want to ask <laughs> yeah i did want to ask you specifically because the allegory of the end volume one you mentioned that it came out last year during the summer solstice and I wanted to ask you, why did you choose that specific event? Because you you put it out there on that day, and you and you you were explicit. It 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 was on this particular day, and I'm just like, why? Yeah. Is there a reason, or or just because? Uh, no, there's a reason too. Like I said, um, I'm just one of the things that always pulled me into stories is when there's like that one little thread, and you pull it and it, there's actually a thread that comes out there's actually like oh. It's like oh my god this actually happens and you keep on pulling and it's just like yeah, oh yeah. 
all these things do line up. I can't say explicitly why, but it definitely has to do with the numbers. I mean, it's 621-2021. For anyone that's, like, into numerology, that definitely, like, adds up to, like, what's happening. And just everything as far as, like, the book, I mean, everything lines up. I, I remember even when I was uh, plotting out the book, even the, 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 the chapter, like, the name of chapters, I mean, mm -hmm. the number of chapters even the number of the chapters i plotted it out to make some type of coherent sense as far as everything goes mm, okay so so not only do you believe in the conspiracy you create it as well that ex my idea <laughs> is, that, like, um, is that like especially when it comes to writing sci-fi that you can't write for like uh you know, you can't think that's going to be received like like the Jersey Shore. Like, it's just going to be a popcorn thing that, like, everyone's going to be into. I think you need to, like, find your little niche. Kind of, like, can't stop thinking about, like, that, like, the next question afterwards. That mm -hmm. is the person. That's my target audience. You know what I mean? That's the type of, that's what I'm aiming for. The type of people that just, like, can't not go with it. I mean, I even went as far, like, uh, oh, perfect. So this is actually like a blueprint of technology within the book that I like fully designed from like an engineering oh standpoint. Goodness. Like you see, like there's uh there's the hub psych right there, which is like uh you know their mode of transportation. There's a little picture of how like the city itself like looks like, and it's actually like a it's like an ad basically <laughs> of like one of the sectors, which is one of the areas that they live in. Wow. Then you have, uh, you know, same thing here, which is like actually looking for a job posting, which is actually referenced in the first chapter. And then this is like a hyper closet, which is literally like a you wear an omni linen, which is just like, you know, kind of like a gray white type of like mesh that you like wear. You hop into this thing, you press your buttons mm -hmm. and it actually like forms to whatever you want to wear. It can become a long sleeve, it can become a short sleeve, become a vest. You know, anything that you want to dress in, you just change, but it's only one actual physical linen that you're wearing, but it can be any outfit that you want it to be. Wow, that's so crazy. Like, whoa, like, I'm just like, you created a whole book series, and on top of that, lined it up with numerology, lined it up, multi-layered themes, synopsis, and then on top of that, you also created your own, literally, like, what-if technology to actual hey if this was real this is what the you know job posting would look like or these are the <laughs> yeah, technology yeah. like wow that's so crazy well again it's like you know when i was a kid i mean i obviously played like certain video games but the thing that always like really got to me was like mmos stories that you can like dive into it and it wasn't just like it wasn't just the main quest you could also like just trail off and take like a random side yeah. quest for like four days yeah. and just like dive into it that's the type of stuff that i loved about books and when I was like plotting out the book, I was thinking to myself, oh. all right, well, I know I want all this technology. I know for a fact I already have like the basis set. How will I actually describe those things? If we were if we were to write a book about the, this time period right now, but in the 1960s, how would you write about an iPhone to a person that's never had an iPhone? You couldn't just write your character saying, oh, yeah, I picked up my phone and checked my IG. A person from in 1960, like their head would blow, explode. They'd be like, what are we talking about? That's a so great question. I, wow. <laughs> so when I was like considering all those things, I figured that like, all right, either I would have to have like insane exposition dump every time I bring up a new technology, which would increase the page count by like hundreds of thousands and just be boring to read. Or I could design these little blueprints in between the chapters to 
basically exfoliate the thing that's happening later. I don't know if exfoliate is the right word at all. Maybe I was like thinking about taking a shower. No, no, no. It's understandable because because I'm thinking, wow, that actually does open up, especially for individuals who are visual aid and they can see it or people that need to touch it. Like, like, wow, it's not just words. Like, I can see it literally right there. I can feel it. And, you know, with the right enough funding, I could create it, you know, like might not work as the idea, but even just having a concept turn into something more than just words is already radical in and of itself because it's sci-fi like look at look at how star wars did with like you know uh with the lightsaber and you have people now creating lightsabers and whatnot and like you have a futuristic job posting like what that's amazing yeah and like uh I think like the funnest part for me was actually when everything was set and done and I was like trying to find because they actually do fit within the chapters perfectly. There's 26 chapters and there's about 30 or so graphics. So it just lines up perfectly with how everything in the book is set up. So like I said, in the first chapter, the character mentions a job posting for being, and this is the exact job posting for being a, a, high, a hyperway track operator. He mentions it, but it's just glossed over. Right. So in, no, in normal sci-fi, it would just like be, your mind would wander. It's like, oh, I wonder what that is. And like, have your own idea for what that is. And like, you know, just like go off on it and then just keep reading. Don't even think about it. But then when that chapter ends, you flip it and the, there's literally a graphic of what that was. And now you have the visual aid of like, OK, wait a minute. And now I also like kind of put that in for like future readings as well. So like when you have that information of already what that technology is and you reread it, you're like, OK, now everything has come together. Now it's like a movie in my head because the technology is ascribed to a T. I mean, there's even when it's just straight, when it's just a straight blueprint, it actually even has Mm -hmm. like little like lore of how that happened. You know, some rogue experiment developed this, like even to that point, like with like like dates and all those things. Man, that's really thought out. How did you come up with that? concept to actually create that was that was that already in your head or did like an editor or somebody just like whisper you something like hey listen what would it be great if i could see what you're actually writing about or you already had that figured out well i'm a pretty visual person like all the 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 entire book was made by me the formatting the graphics every single thing so for me what it was like before i even knew what being i mean even like all these things too, like the paintings, there's all me. Like I, I'm a very visual person as well. You created so, all of that? Yeah, like literally everything in view outside oh, of this. Goodness. I can't blow glass yet, but man, I'd like to. Um, wow, <laughs> that is crazy. Wow, you are very artistic then. Wow. Oh, and I'll even describe what these, there's a reason the, these two things also have a purpose because I'm a psycho like that. But um, <laughs> like... Um, when I was developing the idea for the book before I even mm-hmm. thought that it was going to be a book, I just naturally drew things because I also needed that visual. You know what I mean? I just I just needed that thing. And I can't tell you the amount of graphics that didn't make it into the book that I drew out. Just because, especially very especially when I would finish a chapter and I was doing the mm-hmm. editing of it, I have ADHD, which people always like think that it just means that your brain is always wired, but it also means that like, it just means that your like sense of attention is like, it's like broken you don't have a gauge so like you can over obsess about things too 
Yeah. And I would over obsess about a chapter when I was in the editing phase of it to the point that like even when I wasn't editing at all, I would have to draw out a scene that was just stuck in my head. So mm-hmm. that's how it started. And from there, it just kind of grew on. And when I had all these things together and I have the entire idea of the book in one hand and I have all these graphics in another, I just felt that, that it was meant to be. They had to be merged. Wow, that's actually pretty cool that you're able to piece those things together. Now, when you brought that idea to, well, well, before I even say that, did you have an editor? Because you first mentioned that you laid down pretty much all the information regarding the story and then you cleaned it up and made it a little bit tidy. But did you have somebody that was editing along with you or did you do that all yourself? I did have a final editor when the entire thing was done. And I mean, I I feel like my book was done, written, just like, you know, rough manuscript, I think two years, if mm-hmm. not more than by the time that I actually handed it off to a, an editor. I really wanted to make sure that I truly back to back no plot holes nothing to come back at me i sent it out to other people to make sure they couldn't find any plot holes just i i try to lay it out as right right as much as possible and then when everything was like set and i knew that it wasn't a problem or at least i believed i was comfortable enough with the story i handed mm-hmm. it off to an editor to make sure you know that i used the right type of there or like you know the right to a comma when it needed to be things like that that for as much as you want to work, you will miss at least 50. I don't care how nasty you are. I don't care how dirty you are. You're going to miss, miss at least at least a couple. So I wanted to hand it off to a person to make sure they, they can do that. And they were great. It was a great process, honestly. I would definitely use them again. Oh, no. You've you've been doing a phenomenal job because, wow, you've, you're piecing together everything. Like, wow, you really layered it through, thought it through. Like oh, did you did you do the art before even writing words, and you just visually yeah. created it, and then you were yeah, like, okay, yeah. this is what the story is gonna, this is what the story is written, but I already have the visual progressive changes of the story. Yeah, I, I don't know why my like why like my memory works in that way, but like let's say I, if I were to meet you at a bar, we could have a three hour conversation. If we meet tomorrow during brunch promise you i'm gonna have to ask your name again i'm sorry it's just gonna have to be i'll remember whatever you told me last night but names just like escape me you know what i mean faces don't yeah you know what i mean faces and like things that i hear don't escape me so like i I would say it took me about roughly seven years i don't know is that actually true well i'm gonna say that because that's what i said last time and i'm pretty sure i would have double checked my math then so seven years we'll say it took me to develop my story and I can tell you confidently that for the first five years of it, it was all mental. I never wrote anything down. It was just like a puzzle piece of me. Oh my God. Thinking how things would go on. I mean, if we want to, I don't know how, what like the, the rating of this is, you know, like uh, how, like, I don't know, graphic we get into stories, but like the story, how it really originated. Cause everything I'm talking about, even the star Wars thing, it's not like I read it, started writing the, the book that week or like even that month or even, that year it that was just one of those things that like started getting my brain working subconsciously mixed mm-hmm. with like emotional things were already happening with me you mm-hmm. know what happens between Jid and Zayko actually happened to me in college with one of my best friends from middle school that we had been best friends for the all this time and then when we get to college we immediately get into like different things and just me philosophizing like why that happened you know how people can view life in a certain way and like connect with certain people at one time but then those things just shift and the connection shift as well 
Right. And putting all those things together and, you know, when it started getting into actual story, you know, when I started bringing the idea of like aliens and other planets and all the technology, I was in engineering school and I would literally, you know, doing some herb in the bathroom with my friends. It would just be a, a story to entertain people simply just it, it's something to just something to have a conversation going. I would just be like, oh, well, this is what I've been thinking about lately. And they would like go back and forth and we would philosophize about that and whatever technology and we would laugh and we would joke. And it was just that for five years. Five but years, it just, be, you were, it just you grew were, into stuff Yeah, like constantly brainstorming and developing constantly. the story until so then you were brainstorming first for a, for a few years before you even decided to draw it, before you even decided to uh, start writing it, before you even got people to review it, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and if you want and we want to talk about real meta, this painting right here mm -hmm. is related to the book, but I actually made it in high school. I literally didn't even, I didn't understand its meaning until later. Whoa. It's just like a vision that I had. I know, I, I know I'm sounding like hella pompous, but like, it was just like legitimately uh, just like a, an idea that I had. And I, I thought it was just cool because what that uh, depiction is, is the maelstrom of universes. Like, it is reality. It's like, you know, billions upon billions of universes and their copies and their reflections and everything, just the mass of what reality is. And for what like the what it's called of in like the series, it's called the Umbra. Uh, and that's what that is. And if you look right here in this painting, mm -hmm. they actually share the same color scheme as like the center right here. And if you notice, there's like a little black dot right here. And that actually is the main characters of the book that is the black hole that is like the, the the maelstrom that they're in and that is within that so it's kind of like the idea of like the universe you know it's if you were to zoom into this yellow point right here this is what you would see wow and that was in high school so this one was made in high school this one was made i think around year three of me developing the idea thank you for tuning in to the pen podcast produced by pen for hire do you struggle with finding affordable and reliable proofreaders? Are you tired of the AI software that doesn't always understand human language? Pen for Hire has an extensive network of professionals we can refer you to to help. Visit our website at www.penforhirenyc.com to get your free consultation today. And now back to the interview. Oh my goodness. So you really did start on the visual aid, the visual aspects of the story. And then you threw in, you know, the melting pot concept, the conspiracy. Did you did you say that the aliens and that came last? I don't know if it was last, but I know when it came up to the idea of, um, you know, I don't know if I'm if I'm getting to a spoiler here, but you could deviate. To, to, I have a thousand and one questions. If you don't want to talk oh, about, no, it. no, 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 no. Believe me, I want to. I just. For example, it's like I knew that I didn't want anything to come off. I mean, the actions speak for themselves, but I didn't want any of the characters, you know, Z Jid or Zayko to be like, oh, this is the good guy, this is the bad guy. The whole idea is that you read it and you you interpret what you interpret as far as how that goes. Good or bad, is there good and bad? That's literally the whole point of that dynamic of as the reader to determine what it is. You know, paint. I mean, a good painting is just supposed to be a canvas for your emotions. That's the way I think about it. Hmm. But, you know, everything that came after, when I came to the idea of, like, all right, 
What's good with these action sequences? What's good with these like crazy, you know, scenes? One of my favorite things I love to just, I'm telling you, before I go to sleep sometimes, I like to just like envision myself there is oh. they live on a different planet called Niamr. And even mm-hmm. that name right there, Niamr, why it's called that is, is a whole thing that I, I don't want to spoil because it's definitely very much explained in, in uh, book two, in volume two, I should say. And um, Sector 5 is actually in a part where there is an insane concentration of carbon dioxide and oxygen. So, mm-hmm. to like primordial levels, you know. For people that like knew like the whole reason the dinosaurs were so large and then the reason like the tra- you know trees were like you know as tall as skyscrapers back then was the overabundance of those two resources at the universe i mean in the planet at that time and the reason things have gotten smaller is because like you know it's dissipated so i did not that, know that you know and i love dinosaurs i'm, I'm not, not an authority i'm not an authority but i'm just like for my understanding of it that's that's how it is and that's how, what i based the idea off of and sector five is in a pocket of that so mm-hmm. while the rest of the planet is relatively comparatively understandable Sector 5 specifically is insanely overgrown. And for mm. as much technology as they have, they cannot colonize it. They cannot get into it because it's just overgrown. Mm. If you try to build that, if you try to build anything there, mm-hmm. nature will consume it in four or five minutes flat. Every person that you have will die. It's just, that's just, it's understood. You do not mess with Sector 5. You just let that be. So when those type of things happened, that's when the idea of the aliens came in. And then that's when I brought in the anime influences because I thought I was like, all right, how can I make a villain that feels like a villain, right? And I immediately thought back of like the villains that made me genuinely be like, oh, damn, back when I was a kid. And without a question, it was Boo from Dragon Ball Z. Hey. And I'm talking about not Kid the witch, Boo. Yeah, the witch Boo. Not, not Majin Boo. Uh, I think it was like just Boo. Like when he was fighting around fight, fighting Gohan, because yeah, 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 yeah. Final like, what I loved about it is that he had it was true, no empathy, right? Cell, you know, every time that you have like a, like a villain like that, it's always like something that's like, oh, well, in my planet, I was bullied as a kid, so now I'm here to take your lunch, you know what I'm saying? It was always something that, like, for as mean as it was. <laughs> <laughs> for as mean as it was, it was always something that was like, all right, well, I guess if I was bullied on, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Four, you know, I'd probably be pretty bad too. And like, I remember the thing that I loved about it was even like the character's reaction to it. Cause you know, Dragon Ball mm-hmm. Z is known for these crazy standoffs that like, you know, they're standing in front of one another, doing one of these, you know, doing the Vin Diesel, just staring, mean mugging one another and just like talking trash to one another. Oh yeah, well, your pants are mad baggy, but you got small shoes. Oh yeah, well, at least my girl is a blur, you know, just going back and forth, you know, talking hey. to one But Boo would show up and legit just start throwing hands. The moment he saw you start throwing hands. And I remember the first time that happened, Gohan literally pushed me back and he was like, don't you not understand like, the rules of combat? And Boo was like, just h- h- kept on hitting him. And that right there is what just I loved. It was that like, it was a true killing machine. No empathy, no talk. Oh, I'm gonna get you back for what you did to my sister and, and you know, oh four, nothing. I'm just, that's what I was born for. You're in front of me, you gotta go. And right. that's why I developed Sergeant Z. I'm, I'm actually looking at him right now. I wish I could get a quick little picture. Man, I don't even know what chapter I have him in. I wish I could like, get him up. You know, I might I might get him. I might get him. Yeah, screw it. Because he's one of the ones that I honestly love. 
that's gonna get his counterpart too is that is that his full name yeah so um it's his full name is actually zay xd but then he became oh my goodness he even did, got his like rifle yeah so, that's actually, so it's actually called a rail cannon Ooh, yeah man, so, i love that thing in the bottom right corner it reminds me of the, the da vinci uh human thing yeah yeah exactly so it it's, it's meant to like kind of like show his form without the armor around what he wow, looks like that's without. so cool well, what it looks like that's one thing that i always messed up that obviously doesn't have like a gender that we would understand wow that is amazing yeah and um the thing that I liked about it, and that's actually why I, I actually love that you mentioned the thing about the rail cannon. So, you know, rail gun is like, you know, that the whole like thing, magnetic two poles, like, you know, like fires off things at like rapid speed. So I was thinking, it's like, all right, imagine if you house that in a cannon and then put what I call like a foundry re refill, which is like, imagine a 3D printer. Yeah, yeah. Small that prints different varying sizes of artillery that's actually neurologically connected to the user so oh. let's say that like you want a smaller bullet you just yeah. tell the you just like you know feel i don't even know how that would work like you tell the gun is it like a thing of like hey move your leg because you don't think when you move your arm you get what i'm saying you control it exactly it's just connected neuralink and you can everything i mean even the point of like controlling the bullets mid, like mid-air the direction there is a great oh, scene wow. that like they're, they're one of the favorite visuals of this person and on top of that just to make it like how the hell are you going to beat him even more because again that's the reason i love boo so much it, like every other villain prior to that in like the dragon ball z universe was like all right well you know they didn't lose that badly boo was right. wiping everybody out so like that's i love the idea of like what that type of anxiety what that type of like desperation does to a character does to like the mm. story I definitely wanted to find something like how are you going to beat this because he also has he rides a mount called eclipse which is a being a monster from the rift it's also called um venator which is literally it's the space between reality the little things in between just mm -hmm. a little pocket a little it's a, a one little pocket universe can't even call it a pocket universe it's just a pocket of matter and beings that come from there if they mm -hmm. master like the you know the, the temporal energies and like all the you know crazy sci-fi mumbo jumbo properly they get to rift walk and just go in between things and how i described it was the same way that you can go from here same way that right after this recording you'll go like oh i need to pee and just watch the bathroom right. clips, like oh i need to go to the other side of the universe real quick Whoop. it's just that type of it's just what so to make it more how the hell are you going to beat this person Zay has the rail cannon and it's mounting on top of Eclipse. So this thing could literally like you shoot at it or you do whatever you want. It can just blink behind you and like you're into everybody. Everybody yeah. got to go. And, and the way that it could, and on top of that, it's also, its brain is also controlled slightly by an AI in order to like help it like adjust like certain calculations. So right, right everything is controlled at like the most microscopic level let's say that like you it shoots around at you and you somehow dodge it it can just like reroute the bullets back to you or it can make the or it can it can pre-detonate it so like if you somehow miss it it still explodes and hits you in some direction like 
there is no way. Like the, the way I always envisioned it is that mm -hmm. if it held the rail cannon up and just did one of these, yeah, yeah, and just shot like a an artillery fire, a salvo in the air, it would still hit anybody it wanted. Hmm. So it's kind of like, how are you going to match that? And then the match that I had is Hans. This is like you know, this is the this is the Goku. This is like the the response. Yo, he's straight up melee. Straight up melee, but with like a, a, a little twist. It's something that I can't like drop immediately, but the character basically has this connection to the blade in some way that it actually can throw it and it can get it back. It can it can will it back, but it's not just like a thing of uh, it's not a thing of magic, it's an actual physical thing an, an augmentation that they, that they make like like a like an augmented knife that has like a boomerang kind of trait to it but just oh. way more sci-fi futuristic level that yeah I think. except that uh <laughs> no yeah well without getting too much into it it's basically a transfusion of the blood so like the the same materials like as the like literally like every person that like has his ability to be able to do what he does what, what Haas can do their weapons that they use to do so are their weapons. If somebody, if some other person from their tribe mm -hmm. came and tried to took their weapon, it, they would just use it the same way you and I would, just holding mm -hmm. it up, you know, stabbing people. That is the limit of what they can do. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like when it's connected to you, when it's you know fours for you, when you do the entire process of commuting with this weapon, then it's something that you can control at will, even midair. Man, like, oh, you have this is such an amazing, amazing world. The story it layered, the inspiration where it comes from. Oh my goodness, we're running out of time, and I want to ask, yeah, yeah, so many questions. Oh, it's, it's so much. Okay, okay, I'll try. To, I'll try to be as brief as possible. Okay, so in your case, if you could go back to high school, you, what would you tell yourself? Or what advice would you give yourself if you had five minutes of time, only five minutes in order to get yourself to start this either sooner or to give you a little bit of a nudge? Like what what are either some things that you would tell yourself if you only have five minutes? All right. I played football in high school only because I had like anger issues and it just seemed like the thing to do at the time. I was big and not like big, strong. I was just fat. Like mass, I was just like a, a big person. Like I, I, I wasn't even crazy, like crazy athletic. I was just like big and like a wall, you know, perfect for mm -hmm. D line. Before anyone like mixed that up and you know, get me, get me doing some crazy stuff. But uh, I would probably just tell myself to go back and be like, hey, listen, go to theater, my guy. Whatever it is that you have in your head, just go and hang out with the drama club. Those are really where your vibe is at. I didn't even understand that I wanted to write until like until I got the idea. I never wanted to be a writer. That's one of my favorite things when I like talk to people on my podcast is that a good man, 95% of the people I talk to are like, oh no, yeah, when I was like 13, I read a book and that's when I knew I wanted to be a bestseller. And I was like, wow, that's incredible. I did not feel that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. To me, writing became uh, developed as a need. You know, the, the obsession of the of the book literally got to the point that I, I you know, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and like how other authors like, oh, the, the characters kept me up. I couldn't I, I never felt like that. Zayko wasn't like, but like, you know, 
tapping me on the shoulder when I was trying to go to sleep. It was just the the general idea of everything, the grand mass of just the, the whole picture. Mm. Like I said, that's why I love this painting because it literally right, right, is right. the whole picture. You know, this one painting it engulfs the entirety of every book that I will ever write. I, I have a good 20 lined up in the saga of like, like, you know, compelling all this entire thing. And it's all literally within this one picture right here. And I think that is what I would tell myself, just simply like, hey, go back, hang out with the drama, with the drama geeks, get more into that, dive more into your creativity side at like a, at like a younger age. I was painting around that time, but like nothing to what I started doing later on. And I had always been drawing and doing like my own little creative things when I was younger, but it just, it, it were things that felt like a hobby. It didn't feel like it was a thing. Like, oh yeah, I mean, why not do this forever? And now right. that's, all, that's all I want to do. Well, that's a great advice. I, I never thought about that. You know, hang out with the people that you actually are going to value in a couple of years versus just I'm something saying, that, that's a short-term solution versus a long-term. Like, oh, that's that's a great advice. Hey, if anybody's listening, you're still in high school or you're in college, even if it's your last year, if it's something that you so desire, just do it. Uh, last, last question, though. This is one of my favorite questions. I wanted to ask it in the beginning because you were just firing off so many. Your top three sci-fi series in order. <laughs> Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, number one, high one. Like, high one. Okay. Two, I would say Dune, um, just because that is... My God, so expansive, so insane. And then third one, man. Ooh, you know what? I feel like I'm going to get really, man, let me know. I feel like that's like a little too controversial. Uh, that's up to you. Well, I don't know. If, if, I can be, if I can be honest, especially lately, the Bible, and I know people are going to be like, sci-fi, you mother... But it, that has been a crazy inspiration for me lately like like every time i read that thing and obviously i was born catholic so like i definitely believe in the pot and like the possibility of all the secular thing the whole thing mm -hmm. but i love the point of view of looking at it as if it were very low technological point of view of being visited by people that were of such higher technology that you would view them as gods um Ooh. i think that Oh, now you, ooh, ooh, now that, you that, Yeah, that has been really moving me a lot, a lot lately, especially with watching that movie, Nope, and I'm not going to get to into the, I'm not going to spoil anything about that, but just mm -hmm. um, definitely Google biblically accurate angels. You know, the, the you'll, very first things that will pop up when you go to images, there will be actual images of like, you know, artist descriptions of word by word accounts of what it says in the bible they would literally highlight the scriptures and give you the quotes and you know mm -hmm. the spark references and all what you want and then it will have the actual picture on the side and they look nothing like you know the little necklaces that they you buy at uh <laughs> at the mall nothing like it they look very weird so it's another thing that just i guess you going to but you know i also want to lament every time i mention things like that i come from a very religious like family and i would never say those things in a way to make it seem like oh like the bible is just like a like a like, like a, a thing it changes lives everywhere but i just love that point of view of it like just looking at it that way and it just it just lets me take it to a way different take my 
work anyway into a no way other level because again it's a whole idea of perception if we yeah. were visited by people of such higher technology how would you not write it like the bible's written how how wouldn't you it's beyond your understanding no yeah that's why i like when you said like how would you describe your phone to somebody in like the 1900s like i i don't know like you'd be you'd be burned at the stake for you know practicing witchcraft oh you can talk to somebody yeah. thousands of miles away instantly uh witchcraft let's burn him at the stake but oh my goodness exactly. you've opened exactly. up my mind to so many new concepts regarding sci-fi regarding layering stories regarding creating stories because your visual aid that came before the actual story but then you were already brainstorming constantly trying to figure out what the story was how does it look like in your brain until you're like okay now now that i know what it looks like up here let me put it you know you know let me put it down here okay now that i see visually now i need to describe it so somebody else can understand what i was thinking in the brainstorming session and what i was thinking in the actual creation process of the painting or the drawing and now i just got to put words to it and then once you created that it's like okay now it's a little bit too complicated now let me simplify so that way i can get people to understand like oh my goodness like you have just dropped like a master class of creativity Thank you so much for giving us all this. Please let us know, AR, where can our listeners follow you, find you, uh, buy your material, support you, etc. Well, neotino.net is where you can find everything. That's the website, hub for absolutely everything, the podcast that I do, all the all the graphics. One of my favorite things that is on the website that I always feel is underutilized is there are free short stories, and all those short stories are, again, within this painting behind me. It's not; It might not be directly linked to Allegory of the End in a way that you pick up on, but it is, trust me. And there are a couple in there, and one of them particularly, which is called The Death of Prometheus, actually is tied into Allegory of the End, and it's actually a short story from the point of view of Zay, because you know, all the things that happened to, to that unfortunate, <laughs> unfortunate villain that in allegory of the end mm-hmm. were, ha- were done to it. It wasn't something that it willed for itself. And even the nature of Eclipse and the nature of the rail cannon aren't earthbound at all. So it's definitely something that happened later. So when you understand where that comes from and all those things and yeah, it's all it's all there make sure to do it neotino.net for instagram it's allegory of the end a l l e g o r y t h e e n e n d very simple you can google it you can also google ar mirabal it's gonna pop up it's just like in all the things that are there and really that's it the main hub is neotino.net it has all the social media links it has the youtube it has free things it has all eight big graphics, which I was just looking at for like 30 minutes because it's just like, yo, that's so cool. Like, what the heck? Yo. That's all I was like, yo, it's so artistic. Everything you got going on is so artistic. Like, oh, my goodness. I was just looking at it for 30 minutes straight, just looping. Like, wow, just amazingly well done website, guys. Please check out AR Mirabal. He's doing amazing things with sci-fi. He's doing amazing things with the inspirations that he came up with. I really can't wait to see much, much more because as you keep doing this, you're going to keep figuring out 
what your niche is, what things you really like. Like, I really like how you mentioned the passion thing. Michael Jordan wouldn't be Michael Jordan if he wasn't passionate enough to want to dominate, not just play yeah. well, not just make a layup, but dominate. You know, if he yeah. was an accountant, is to be the best accountant. You know, in your case, like such a visually aided book. Like there's so many visual aids, so many visual cues. So thank you so much for giving us value, giving us an opportunity to take a glimpse because I know we could go out like hours and hours and hours on it. I got so many questions that like, if it wasn't due to time, I would just be like pouring them out. Like there's so many, like from one little thing to another, I got like 15 questions, but you know, I'll keep it short. So that way everybody has an opportunity to check you out. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe if you liked the show. Other than that, it's been an amazing interview. Thank you so much for giving us, again, some part of your day. Thank you, honestly. It's been phenomenal, honestly. <laughs> <laughs>